today on The Breakdown. It was a glorious time. The World Poker Tour ruled the poker airwaves. Mike Sexton and Vince Van Patten told us about weapons of mass destruction and the berries and the leaves over, what was it, the hole? The trap. The, the trap. The stuff. The, the, over the, the, yeah. Yeah, the pit. And uh, things like that. And Fabrice Soule. Live in Solier. Solier. <laughs> Fabrice Solier. Nam Lee. Ravi. Help me out. Um, I don't have it in front of me. Vada Kumar. Udakumar. Udakumar. Ravi Udakumar and others, David Williams, were all at the final table of, you know, one of the events. And, <laughs> some, uh, some sort of WPT. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and things got pretty interesting in this one final table hand we are about to take apart for you. It's going to happen right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. You really meandered through that opening. That was almost certainly our longest opening of all time. It was 54 seconds. I decided um, I wanted to, like, a more gentle approach. You just want to take your time. I want people enjoy to be, the breeze. Like, drink some tea while you listen to the show, people. It's okay. Are we heading towards NPR? Is that where we're going? I like, hope so. They're F- very Fabrice, popular. Fabrice Soulier has a decision to make here. He's going to uh, either call, raise, or fold. You know... NPR gets a bad rap, man. That is not what it's like. At it's not all, all like that. There's a, they're pretty wonderful. Okay. Okay. And they have they have passion. Some of those people. <laughs> all right. Sometimes. You know who else has passion? Um, wait, John Cena. John Cena is definitely passionate. He just uh, proposed to his girlfriend. Congratulations, John. She said yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know who else is passionate? Um, the Rock. No, Nitrogen Sports Poker Room. They're passionate about bringing you high quality online poker experiences. On a daily basis. It's true, actually. Grant says it as if it isn't. Yeah. But it really is true. Every single day, you can play cash games, you can play tournaments, and although no one's doing it yet, you can play sit and goes. And this is the reason why I bring it up is because Grant and I are soon going to be playing sit and goes. We're going to let you guys know when we're playing. Right. You can join in. And we're going to Twitch them. We're going to Twitch stream them. Yeah. So you at our table could be on our Twitch stream. Getting owned by us. <laughs> that <laughs> or, could be you. Or maybe you could, you know, not be getting owned. You could just get super lucky. Yeah, that, that deal. <laughs> right, so look for works. that coming up. We'll be tweeting about that, explaining more about that in the future. It's one of the many great things about Nitrogen. Another is that they're Bitcoin only, meaning that you get 10 to 25 minutes on withdrawal times. That's ridiculous. It's pretty super sweet. Of course, there still are Poker Guys free rolls happening as well. Um, if you're interested in the schedule for that, you can check out our website, thepokerguys.net, where we have all that information. Yeah. But um, there's all these great things about Nitrogen. No real downside. It's, no. It's uh, web-based. Right. You, you don't have just, to download software. Right. It's uh, just username and password. It's the only sign-in information you need. It's pretty sweet. It's good stuff. Check it out. And if any of you have questions about Bitcoin, we made a video a couple months back. You can check it out. It's called How to Get and Use Bitcoin. Yeah. So, like, what is Bitcoin? How do I get it? How do I use it? Maybe we should have named it, what is Bitcoin? How do I get it? And how do I use it? Oh, we missed an opportunity there. Yeah. We're going to have to redo the whole thing. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Okay. Let's move on. So this hand uh, was suggested by James Kimball. He was the lone suggester of this hand. Yeah. I don't think I've really even encountered this hand until James suggested it. Ditto. Right. And it's it's kind of a throwback. We got Fabrice Solier and Nam Lee in this hand. Remember those guys? I do. Nam Lee for a while was really good on the WPT. Yeah, he made a couple final tables at least, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And won one or two. I think he won at least one event, yeah. Yeah, so I feel like both those guys have kind of poofed into smoke and disappeared. Yep, hard to argue. 
Right. Maybe they're just playing cash somewhere. Maybe. I mean, not everybody keeps up with the game. I mean, as there are new players and new, you know, as every time there's a Fader Holtz in the world, that means someone else isn't winning money, right? Yeah. So, yeah. And maybe it's Nomly. <laughs> it might be Nomly. <laughs> maybe Fader Holtz was the final nail in the coffin of Nomly's poker career. If I was guessing, I'd guess it'd be more likely to be Fabrice, who's not playing anymore than Nom. Nom seemed pretty solid to me. Is, do you base that somewhat on this hand? I'm saying it may have an impact. It may Fabri- have an impact. Fabrice, if I recall, was always a little bit crazy. I always had a little bit of a crazy eye in him yeah. with poker. And like once in a while, I would do something that was either going to look brilliant or horrible. You know, he yep. was willing to do stuff like that, which... um. It's you know, cool. It's fun to watch. Yeah, made him a little more interesting. He definitely watch. takes an interesting line in this hand that we're going to discuss today. Yes, he does. Um, the circumstances here are pretty interesting in that it is six-handed. We're at the final table, the full WPT six-handed final table, and somehow Fabrice Solier is the short stack with 590k at 5k, 10k, 59 blind short stack at a final table. It makes me think that um, they probably broke this into like at least three episodes. Yeah, like it's weird, right? And I assume the WPT. Maybe even corrected that at some point and made it so that can't happen. Yeah, <laughs> like you don't. I, that's too deep almost for a tournament, especially when you're down to six. I mean, you know, for the amount of money these guys are playing for, it's actually fine. It's but, fine, but for yeah. TV, it doesn't work. You know, it right. costs like them a lot of money. It costs them thousands of dollars every hour to keep doing production. I mean, stuff. what's the average stack usually going into the World Series main event final table? Something like fifty blinds or less. I would say average is probably fifty, sixty blinds. Right. So the average here is somewhere around seventy-five. Yeah. Yeah. So and there's just only a six-handed final table. Right. Yeah, so down to six-handed at World Series, it's probably something like 40. Yeah, because the blinds have gone up some Yeah, more. That's true. Right, so very deep. Um, and Namli is the chip leader. He's going to be involved in this hand heavily, too. He's got 1.3 million, over mm. 130 blinds. Yeah. Crazy. All right, so let's get to the hand. Okay. Uh, which everybody's playing with U.S. dollars, apparently, according to the WPT, because there's a dollar sign in front of everything. Just, just disregard that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're chips. Just tournament chips. So at 5K, 10K, Fabrice Soulier makes the first decision that we disagree with of this hand, which is limping ace-five suited under the gun. Yeah, what's up with that? He's got ace-five of diamonds. He's a short stack, which is not very short. Not short at all. But he just decides to limp it under the gun. Why Why is he doing that, Jonathan? Tell me why he did that. Um, maybe he's got a limping strategy. And so sometimes he'll limp hands, and he's limping with a particular range, a balanced range, which includes aces and kings. It's going to include some suited aces, some big suited aces, and the little suited aces. Ace-five actually plays really well as a little suited ace. That is the best I can do, and I made it sound better than it is. Uh, I mean, those are reasonable things when you hear them, Mm. but as we know, there are a lot of advantages to raising preflop. There are. Wouldn't you want to just win the hand right now? Especially when we're under the gun. It isn't like we're even on the button, although I don't like limping the button either. Don't get me wrong. There's... There is... A place for limping in poker, I don't think this is it. No. And I don't know why we're doing it. It's a tournament. Like, just raise and take the blinds and annies sometimes, man. Also, isn't like you have this monster hand. Right. Maybe, okay. The one reason I could think of is if this table has got, like, a lot of three-betting going on. If David Williams is three-betting everyone because he's at the table. Yeah. And so you want to be able to see a flop, and you feel like if I open and Williams three-bets, we're just going to have to fold. But if we limp and he raises, we can call. I mean, that's terrible, though. I, yeah, but, like, like, just open anyway. David Williams is three-betting way too frequently if he's three-betting light when Fabrice Solier opens under the gun, like, all right. the time. Right. You know, so... And this denies us the ability of getting heads up and winning the pot right now. Like winning the pot right now is great. If we make a twenty five K or something, right. everybody might fold. If we limp, we're almost guaranteed to be three handed or more. And the other thing it is it isn't like we're really saving a lot by limping. Like it no. costs us ten thousand dollars to limp dollars, see? I yeah, dollars they did. And twenty five K to raise, or twenty let's call it twenty five K as a reasonable raise. 
And so it's 15K more, but we have 590,000 in our stack. So yeah. we put a little bit more at risk right now, just a little bit more. We can fold the three bets. It's fine. But sometimes we win the pot uncontested. So we get to play this hand heads up much more of the time or with less players than we right. otherwise might. We don't, the small blind isn't just sort of like, please play with me. And the big blind gets to just you know, wrap the table. It's just so much better. And Fabrice is the type of guy who likes to win hands without having a hand sometimes. Yeah. When you're the aggressor preflop, that becomes a lot easier. No question about it. Yeah. You start to tell a story. Yeah. Well, his story right now is I'm limping with ace-five of suited because I'm French or something. <laughs> he is French, I think. All right. Now, Nomly is plus one, and he, again, is the huge chip leader with 1.3 million. He's got queen-jack offsuit, diamonds, and hearts. He limps. I think that makes perfect sense once Fabrice limps. I mean, I think it's really fine to raise. It's fine to raise, but it's also fine to limp here. Well, because if... If Fabrice hasn't been limping a lot, it may be just really weird. Like, what is going on? Yeah. And now it's like, I don't really want to raise Queen Jack off because so many weird things can yeah. happen. But it's really fine to raise. I still prefer a raise, I think, to a limp. Although it really depends on how we could ever range Fabrice. And I don't know how easy that is from Nam's seat at that moment, right? Yeah, I don't know either. I guess, I mean, it's easy to fold to a three bet if he limp raises, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you limp raise a small, we can call. We're the overwhelming chip leader and we're in position with a bad hand, but not a terrible hand. Right. Um, you know, we can just, you know, it's fine. Yeah. Part of. I like raising better than limping. Okay. I, I can understand where you're coming from. Uh, one thing is, I think once Fabrice limps, no matter what he has, whether it's a three betting hand or not, if we raise, we don't have any pre flop fold equity as Nomly, unless right. we make a crazy race. Oh, no, I agree. We're not trying to fold him out. We're trying to isolate and be in position in a bloated yeah, pot. That's reasonable. And I think that's probably better, but it's not nearly as bad as Fabrice's limp. Oh, I agree with that. What, overlimping is a lot different than open limping. No question. All right. So uh, there are two folds it's uh, David Williams and some other guy. Yeah, some dude. Uh, the late, great Chad Brown is in the small blind with two fours. He calls. Good old Chad Brown. Yeah, sad stuff. Yeah. Um, he's not going to be a big factor in this hand. He's got two fours. In the big blind is, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced this to anybody who actually knows how to pronounce it, but it's Ravi Udakumar. There's a Y in there that Mike Sexton doesn't pronounce, so I'm not going to pronounce it either. Udakumar. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, he is in the big blind with nine six of spades, and he's got 934K. So he's very deep, obviously. Nomly's very deep, and Solier is quite deep as well. Yep. And uh, Brown has more than Solier, but less than Udakumar. It is sort of interesting that if Fabrice does open to 25K, it's possible all four of these guys are going to see the flop anyway. That, I mean, Chad Brown for sure is. Uh, right. It's it's possible Nomly just folds Queen Jack off to the under the yeah. gun open, but they are six-handed, and he is the massive chip leader. Someone may three-bet also. Like, lots of weird permutations could happen basically it's true it's hard to know right and so results oriented sure that's the case but still we're not starting to tell this aggressive story mm -hmm. and uh we don't always get called in these spots because of course not these people don't always have hands they can we're call six-handed often we open ace five everyone folds and we get money yeah that's the problem it's great i love money yeah all right so and the by money i mean tournament betting units yes dollars right <laughs> that's what they call them I'm for pretty, some reason pretty sure <laughs> All right, so we're going to the flop four ways. Uh, the three important hands are going to be 9-6 of spades for Ravi Udakumar. Uh, for Solier has got ace-five of diamonds. Namli's got queen-jack offsuit. Right. And the pot is 46,000. The flop is jack of diamonds, six of clubs, three of spades. So this is obviously the best for Namli. He's flopped top pair with a decent kicker here. Yep, the other two guys have backdoor flush draws, and Ravi also has middle pair. Right, and uh, Chad Brown's pretty much done with the hand. With you would assume yeah. so, yeah. All right, so... Chad checks, uh, Ravi checks, 
Soulier decides to bet. This is the second decision in the hand that I really don't understand from Fabrice Soulier. This, why is he limping ace five suit under the gun and then betting into three players? I don't know why you're betting into three players with essentially almost no. I guess he's got two back doors, not just the he's got a back door straight draw and an over card also. But I don't know why in the world he's betting either. It doesn't really make any sense to me. No, he's also, not folding out any like if. Okay, so Chad Brown's going to fold a pair, but yeah, sixes aren't going to fold. Um. It's possible if Nam Lee has a six, he might fold because yeah. he's got two guys behind him. If he him. has six, seven suited or something. But I just don't know. Like, the pot isn't huge. Why are we deciding to bluff three other players right now? I don't know. We're not telling. The story is just bizarre, and I don't know why we're doing Any it. Any of these three guys can easily have at least a jack here. Of course. So, yeah. I don't, like, there's no real re- We've put 10K in. So if our plan was to limp to not put a ton of money in when we don't have a hand that we love, why are we betting ace high on this board? I don't know. Also, the blinds can have big hands. The blinds right. can all have two-pair hands. Easily. Like Especially yeah. the big blind can have any two-pair hand. Right. And Chad Brown can have any suited two-pair hand, and that's pretty much it, I guess. But still, yeah, it's pretty good. I guess Chad Brown could even have 6-3 off if he's just completing the small Yeah, blind. I think so. Yeah. Especially with two limps. You want to have jack-6 and you want to have jack-3, I assume. Probably not. But Probably not. It's possible still. Right. But suited for sure, he can have yeah. this. But he is getting an incredible price with all of those hands, obviously. No doubt. Right, so can you find any merit to this bet? The only merit I can come up with is if we as Febreze think we're so far ahead of everyone else at the table that we can, we're beginning to tell a story now. Or maybe we feel like we limped, so we're telling a particular kind of story about our range. And this doesn't hit a lot of Razor's range, the Jack 6-3. It actually hits a lot of Limper's range. Of course, there are three other players. Yeah, who also limped. (laughs) So I don't know how that's supposed to help. But we feel like if we end up playing a really big pot, it's going to be hard for other people to to stick around unless they show strength. Or they're going to have to show strength all by themselves. Like, if we get check raised, obviously we're going to fold. Yeah. If we bet and we get called somewhere, we think we can win the pot by the river a lot. I mean, again, this is ridiculous what I'm saying, but this is all I got. Right. And I can make it sound okay, but it's not okay. Right. The best I have is I don't expect them to be bluffing here because why would anybody yeah. decide to limp and then bluff into three players in this spot? So, but what would we put, be putting him on? I'd say, like, bottom of his range for value is something like jack nine suited or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. I would think he'd have like a decent jack or a set right yes pocket sixes pocket, pocket sixes and po- pocket threes pocket are, make perfect sense for this era of poker with yes. the under the gun limp you never expect him to have ace jack or king jack really or queen jack maybe you could have some of them maybe you could have maybe you can have queen jacks sometimes i don't know that's weird too maybe he's, he's limp just queen thinking, jack maybe he's thinking i have the most sets in my range out of everybody i'm the most likely to have pocket threes or pocket sixes he is although yeah. nom nom could have those too he could Nam very reasonably has those. Yeah. Uh, but that's it. The other two guys have them less. Although pocket trays, it's possible you're not going to see a raise. Or sixes. You may not see a raise from right. the blinds with those either. Once you have two limpers who are almost certainly going to call a raise anyway, why are we raising with pocket sixes and pocket trays? I mean, it's just going to be hard to play unless we flop a set, right? right. Really, really hard to win the pot. Yeah. Multi-way. With guys, by the way, with like crazy February Soule in the hand, <laughs> yeah. you know? Right. So. I, I guess he's, so I guess Soule is repping mostly those sets. Maybe a limped over pair. And the and the jacks. Okay, yeah, I guess he can have the aces and the kings and the right. queens. That's true. Okay, so he bets. How we much does he bet? Just just to finish it up, um, yeah. we don't expect him to have any sixes in his range that are not sets, right? Like six, seven suited. I don't think so. He wouldn't just bet that there, right? He would check that and like, yeah, hope for. Although the two blinds already checked, so it's just nominally behind him. So actually, maybe you bet not to give a free card to the whole world, and we get to be in position most of the time on the turn. We don't have to put any more money in right. if we get called, you know, or, or decide to, depending on how it all plays out. Well, it's not the end of the world to bet a six here. Yeah, 
But even if we can put that in his range now, I'm going to spoil something and tell you his range is going to get thinner. Yeah, that's true. It's going to get a lot thinner. Yeah. So anyway, for some reason he makes this bet. We can come up with a bunch of flowery sounding reasons, but really it's just bad because right. your opponents are never folding a six or better. And what, like, what's the point? Why are we doing this? This this seems just like I'm clicking a lot of buttons and I'm not looking at which ones they are. <laughs> yeah, that's not how you fly a ship. It feels like he's misclicked twice in this hand yeah. already. He's seems... had two actions. He's misclicked on both of them. <laughs> right. So he's bet 22 with his ace high into the pot of 46. Nominally sitting there with queen jack. He calls. Yeah. It seems like the right decision. The argument for raising, which I don't think is a great one, is just to get rid of the blinds if they have any sort of equity. That is true. The blinds may decide to fold some of their equity anyway. Like Chad Brown, I'll just spoil this, is going to fold pocket fours, right? Sure. He doesn't have much equity. He's got a backdoor straight draw and two outs to a set. But he's just going to fold because clearly Nam has something, even if Febris doesn't. And what is Nam supposed to have? Like He doesn't have a gut shot straight draw, I don't think. So we're down to four or five, which Chad Brown blocks. So Nam almost always has him beat. Yeah. And Febreze very well may as well. So there isn't that much that can even call anyway, right? Right. Because there's, no, there's not a whole lot of draws out here. There's four or five, and there's backdoor flush draws. I guess there's some other gutters, but are the, is five seven going to call? How much did he bet, Febreze? Febreze bet 22. I mean, maybe if you're in the big blind, you could call with five seven and take a shot at it, I yeah. guess, because we're all deep enough. You guys, you could. But you really don't have to. Right. It's close anyway. I, I think calling is fine on this dry up board. I think so. I think it's fine too. Definitely. And th- I think it's standard to call. Of course. I just wanted to explore the idea of a raise a little bit because we are four ways and it's a bit different than heads up. I would like us to explore the idea of a raise a little more often in these spots because we yeah. often are just like, oh, of course you wouldn't raise. And we, we don't talk about it even anymore. And we may have a little group think going on between us with that. And I think sometimes we do on this show anyway. Right. We're just like, well, we agree so much because we've talked about all these hands and hands for years now that um, it's easy for us to think like, well, that's probably right. Instead of like maybe exploring it as an organic moment. Right. Well, I think, okay, let's talk about it a little bit more then. Okay. So a raise from Nam here, I don't think it works well against Fabrice. It's the game theory disaster against Fabrice. Maybe sometimes we get called by Jack-10 or Jack-9 if we're very lucky. Right. But against Fabrice, it's a very bad situation. I agree completely. Because we're just folding out all the worst hands. We also block, you know, worst jacks. Yeah. Right. Um, the, the advantages are we get to get rid of 4-5 in the blinds yes. if the blinds have 4-5. And we get to get rid of overcalls with 6s and worse jacks, which can improve and, and beat us. Right. And if somehow one of the blinds has king jack, we get to fold that out most of the time. We do. That's true. Um, it's not that likely. I guess, no, the blinds can have king jack, but yeah. they would often bet king jack themselves on this flop. That's fair. Because, because it's a limp pot. They may not, but they often would. So and then the the value of just calling is it's not a big pot anyway. Right. We don't need to play a huge pot with one pair. As you said, it's a game theory disaster often to raise here because if Febreze has a set or a, a better hand, he's not going to fold. Right. And that's not good. And if he has a worse hand, he's going to fold. He's usually going to fold unless we get very lucky and he's got jack 10 or jack 9 and decides not to fold. And then can we really get more value out of him later anyway? Not sure. Right. Like, is he going to keep calling with those even if he calls once? I don't. I doubt yeah. it. Is he going to call three barrels? Are we going to barrel three times? I mean, what's the plan here? Isn't is the plan is with one pair to keep the pot small generally, right? Right, and that's why we like the call. That's right. why we like the idea. And also, if the blinds end up folding, which is going to happen a fair amount of the time, most of here, the time we get to be heads up in position with a marginal value hand. Yeah, against a guy who's a little bit whack. Yeah. So that's pretty good. We can just call him down, and who cares? Like, right. We can afford to do it. It's fine, and we don't have to double him up this way. Right. It seems like the got to be the right play. Yeah, I agree, and that's why we often say it's the right part to call in spots like this but i'm glad we explored the possible advantages which is entire the entire advantage is denying equity from the blinds right that's 
pretty yeah. much all of it. That's pretty much all of it. Right. So I guess I mean I guess by raising no because we've never raised enough to fold out Fabrice's four or five. They're too deep to do that anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the only thing we're doing is denying blind equity, right. which is fine. But often they're just going to fold anyway. Yep. Chad so. Brown does do that. He folds. Yeah. Um, what do you do as Ravi here? He's got six nine of spades on this jack six three board with one spade with his bet and call. I think it's actually pretty clear, which is I think we have to call because everyone's so deep. Right. If we were shorter, it's I think it's a fold. Mm-hmm. We just throw it away and say, once in a while, I have the best hand right now, but it usually not by the end. And what am I going to do? Like, bluff catch all the way. Like, if I have the best hand and it stays the best hand, either I'm going to be in a tough position, I'm probably going to fold, or there's no more money that's going to go in anyway, and the pot's, like, fine, but not a huge deal. I think we're calling the 22000 here to try and spike something. Absolutely, we are. I don't think we're very often ahead of Nam, if I ever. agree. Like, I agree. Maybe if Nam has 6-7. or can have 4-5 himself. 4-5, 6-7, or ace-3 suited, maybe. That's it. Yeah, other than that, we're behind Nam for sure. He might even fold ace three. Yeah. On the flop. Fabrice is a bit of a wacko, so we're not sure if we know that is Ravi or not. Yeah. But if we do know that, we're not extremely worried about his range. We're more worried about Nam having us beat. So, yeah, the entire point of this call is to improve. Right. And, like, it's so cheap. It's 22K. It's 2.2 blinds. And we started the hand with, like, so many blinds, right? 93. Like, yeah. I mean, so, of course, we take this shot. And as we said, there's a lot of ways to improve. It's a nine, a six, or a spade. That's a lot of cards in the deck right. for us where we can call on the turn. Yeah. Backdoor flush draw helps a lot in spots yeah. like this. Yeah. I don't know if people were really thinking about that back then that often. I don't know either. But even if it's just for the nine or the six, it's so cheap and we're deep enough, this is reasonable. Right. But so, the spade, the extra spade is nice, that little extra 4%, you know. Ravi calls. And I like it. Yeah. Makes sense to me. We shouldn't discuss a raise here, right? That would be crazy. I mean, that would just be us being, like, crazy and That would be very spewy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, we're not, we would assume that we'd fold out Nam almost all the time if we raise it, unless Nam has 4-5 himself, right? Or a slow or playing set. He could be slow playing a set. Right. Um, but, that, but mostly we're going to fold out Nam, but Fabrice can have anything, and we have a reasonable hand. Why are we, why are we going to turn this Yeah, of course. It's, it's a very clear call. Yeah. Um, so then something somewhat interesting has uh, happens. Fabrice Lillier says, we think to Nam, but we're not 100% it sure. It seems like he's talking to Nam. He says, you always flop something? It's kind of a weird thing to do. Really weird. First of all, there are three ways. Yeah, he bent to two people, or four, three people, and got called by two. So is he just talking generally to them, or is he talking to one of them? It really feels like he's talking to Nam, and it feels highly inappropriate because he's sort of saying... I mean, like you, you always have it. Like, it, it, like sort of, like almost like it's it's hard for you to always have a, a hand. Here. Right. Come on, which you really shouldn't be doing when when you're three ways. That feels really inappropriate. Yeah, I was playing poker the other day, and I had the situation happen, which happens all the time in like amateurish poker games. You know, it was like a hundred and sixty dollar buy in tournaments, not yeah. a huge deal. But I had been opening a fair amount, and you know, this guy started getting upset about it, and he's. He said, like, well, looks like it's 2K again. Looks like Grant's making it 2K again. Like, you're not supposed to say that. Of course like, not. Keep that to yourself. Yeah, like, someone opens in middle position who's been opening a lot. You're on the button. You're like, you got a hand every time, huh? Like, yeah. you can't say Don't that when that. there are other people Don't behind. Do Don't do that crap. You, by the way, everyone who says that knows that that's not okay. Some part of them, right. deep down, they may not know the rule about it, but they know that what they're really doing is they're trying to signal to the blinds, the other players in the hand, like, maybe you should play against this guy. Like, yeah. this guy doesn't have I'm to I'm tired of this person running over the table. Right. I don't care if it's me. Somebody's got to get him. Right. And, and I want you guys to know, in case you're not paying attention, that Grant's been raising a lot. Yeah. And it's one thing to do it after the hand is over. 
right? It's yeah. another thing entirely to do it in the middle of the hand. You can do it after the hand's over. It's fine. You can, but it's still not super cool. I don't have a problem with that, though, because you're not impacting the action of this hand. Right, right. Right? In the middle of the hand. Like, no one has a decision right now. You're just talking like, boy, so you're just going to raise every time? Like, that at least to me is, like, in bounds. It's out of bounds to say it while other people still have decisions. Right. My favorite story related to that is a Daniel Legrandu story. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know the one I'm talking about. I don't know either. Um, it was some slightly big poker tournament event, I think. They were at the final table, I think. Um, the details are a bit foggy. It seems. But there was a live announcer announcing the action. And Daniel raised, and she said, Daniel raises again. Oh, yeah. And, and Grandu just looks at her and says, did you just say again? <laughs> you know, because, like, that's definitely influencing of action. Course. You can't say again in that spot. Right. Right, because uh, if someone's not paying attention, and there often are people not paying attention, yeah. probably at, at Daniel's table that wasn't the case. But right. still, it's like a little bit of a thing, right? It yeah. changes the way you you perceive his range, and if he is raising a lot, like you don't want, he doesn't want your his range to be perceived that way, and that's on the players to figure out. That's not on anyone else to point out. To it's them. almost a challenge from from the announcer to the other players. Like you're gonna let this guy run over you? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. And that's ridiculous, right? So Fabrice isn't doing something as bad as that here, but he's being inappropriate in that it's a three way pot, and he's he's trying to indicate that one of the other players' ranges is wide here. Right now, as we will continue through this hand, I think you're, we're gonna. I have a guess about what's going on here, and it's not the obvious, which is like, which he might say if they were heads up at least, and it wouldn't be inappropriate. I think there's something else going on too, because it's weird for him to say that. By the way, he was the one who bet. Right. All Nam did was call. Yeah. It's a really weird thing to say. It's sort of out of place. Yep. And I think there's a reason why, which we're going to get to in a second. All on right. Turn. I'm excited to get to it. Let's do it. So Fabrice Solier has made some very confounding decisions that we are not fans of. Correct. We are headed to the turn. The flop was Jack six three rainbow. It's got one spade for Rav, for Ravi Udakumar, who has six nine of spades. Yeah. Uh, Namli's got queen jack for top pair, and Fabrice Solier has lost his mind and has ace five. Yep. And of diamonds. He's got two back. He's got two back doors, man. Yep. He's like, bring me the four diamonds. Well, that would be a good card for him. Yeah. And then Chad Brown would be so mad because he would have turned a set. But Chad Brown would have lost a huge pot on the river. Oh, when Fabrice gets there? Yeah, he's going to get there. Of course. There. All right, so the pot's 112K now, and the turn is the eight of spades, which is most notably a good card for Ravi. Remember, he had the backdoor flush draw on the right. flop. He's now got flopped middle pair with the nine high flush draw. Ooh, Ravi's like, well, well. well now is, there's lots of ways for me to improve. This is some smoked salmon over here. <laughs> that's what <laughs> he's thinking. Nice fried flounder. No, nope, that's Phil Ivey who thinks that. Well, Ravi, Ravi is a big Phil Ivey Ravi fan. Ravi is a known smoked salmon guy. <laughs> <laughs> but he loves Phil Ivey, and so some he's sort of appropriated Phil Ivey's you oh, know, the way of thinking about the, yeah. food and fish. Fish, and, fish mostly. Yeah, mostly. I fish. mean, he doesn't really agree with Phil Ivey's thoughts on other meats, but, yeah. but fish he's okay with. No, the cured meats he has real issues with, and that's that's a separate podcast. He's a, he's a Gus Hansen guy on the cured meats, and that's a mistake, by the way. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. Wow. Okay, cool. So 112K pot turns the eight of spades. That makes it a jack. 6-3 flop with one spade, turn being the eight of spades. Ravi now checks. This makes sense. He's playing in flow. He's still just got a six here. He does have the spade draw. Yeah. He's not intending to fold unless things go crazy. It's going to be hard to fold this guy out at this point. It's possible Fabrice could bet and Nam could raise and Ravi would have to fold. But that's kind of the only... I guess there are other scenarios, but there aren't very many. Right. So Fabrice checks. Okay, good. Finally, he's, you know... He's, he's given up. He's like, oh, man, I must have just, like, blacked out for a second and done some really bad things. Like, I better check. I, I, luckily, I haven't lost much in this pot yet. So <laughs> we're safe, Fabrice. We're safe. I still have 53 blinds. Yep. We're good. 
Go it's good. A- I'm checking. I'm going to give up. It's great. I feel wonderful now. I wonder what happened to me. Right? That's what's going on. Sure. Yeah. Moving on. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Nam now decides to bet. He bets 47K into 112. What are your thoughts on this bet? He again has top pair. I mean, I think it's pretty standard and straightforward if you're Nam. Like, we let's, let's talk about it a little bit. Okay. Um, I'd be, I would probably bet this if we were heads up or not, honestly, but especially three ways, I think it's a good idea to bet. We don't have to bet the river. We're probably not going to bet the river. Probably if we, not. If we get called, Unless like, Ravi's going to call. We know Ravi's going to call, right. right? Unless it's a jack or queen, we Of might, course. Yeah. If we but if we don't improve, we just check it back. But this way, we sort of get to control the pot pretty easily. I think if, if Ravi raises, our plan would be to fold. Yeah. We're just going to bet fold. If Fabrice raises... Uh, we're probably going to have to fold there, too, which does suck, but it's unlikely that we're going to get raised in this spot. Fabrice would usually just continue with, this, with his strong range. And Ravi didn't donk the flop, so he's probably just got a marginal hand. We often have the best hand. We're betting because the pot is getting a little bit big. We're going to make it a little bit bigger. It seems like a very reasonable spot to me. What do you think? I mostly agree with you. I want to ask you one crucial question about this. Bring it on. And keep in mind, we don't really expect Fabrice to have ace-five here, right? No, Having we do not. played the hand the way he does. What do we think Fabrice has that he bet the flop and then checks here? 7-7. Seven, seven. We think he would bet that on the flop? Yeah. Okay. So we're trying to fold out those hands or get value from them? or I think we're trying to not be playing three ways come the river as much as anything else. Okay. And uh, because these guys rarely have a better jack than us like ace jack almost certainly would have raised at some like pre-flop you'd think you'd think you don't know you'd think and king jack often would raise maybe not as often but often not as ravi probably okay not as ravi but but fabrice we would expect would raise that too but jack 10 can and jacks can worse jacks let me say this could absolutely be a big part of ravi's range so why wouldn't we want to get value from that true also there are scare cards that can come on the river that are going to kill our chance to get value then now it turns out like i would think if i was non like a spade or an ace would be scare cards that'd be tough to get value it turns out that would improve both of our opponents and be bad for us right so not only would we not get value we would lose the pot yes um but denying equity is always good that's mostly what this is about then right um well no you can get value from a worse jack too can't you you can get value from a worse jack from ravi yeah Fabrice, do you think he would check a worse jack if he had jack 10? I don't know. Neither do I. I don't know. He might be deciding to check call because he doesn't know where Nam is. And what is Nam supposed to have besides 4-5? I mean, he can have a lot of jacks. Yeah. Yeah. But if we have jack 10, what jacks can he have that we want to get called by jack 9, I yeah. guess? That's it. That's the only jacks he can Does really Does that have. mean we're supposed to f- fold jack 10 if Nam bets here? No, but if we bet and we get called by Nam, we're probably in trouble. But if we check and Nam bets, we sometimes can be ahead, right? Because Nam doesn't have to have us beat. What would Nam bet? That doesn't have us beat. Four or five. Do you think you would bet when Ravi's in there too? I don't know. Can't really expect both players to fold that often. Um, Ravi very well could have a marginal hand like he did have on the flop and just like called once. And then when we bet the turn, he folds. That's very reasonable. Also, Nam's in position. I mean, he could just check and see a river with four or five. He could. But he could also be trying to build up to win a big pot with four or five instead of a medium pot with four or five. He gets to have his non-showdownable hand sometimes win on the turn. Sometimes... Get it heads up and then win on the river with a bluff. Sometimes you get it heads up and you win on the river because you improve. There's all these cool things that can happen. Yeah. I mean, if if I had 4-5 here and I was Nam, I would strongly consider betting. Because I, I assume Ravi doesn't have a very big hand and it feels like Fabrice doesn't have a big hand either. Most, okay. most of the time. 
I mostly agree with you, and I think the bet is probably good. I, my, my concerns are just I, I do think it's somewhat difficult to get value from worse hands. I don't completely disagree with you. How big is the pot? 112. He bets 47. Right. So it's not a huge pot. It's getting a little bit bigger than tiny. It's fine to win this pot right now and deny yeah. equity. And showdowns kill and no limit. So it's okay not to get to a showdown. Yeah. It's fine. Um, it's okay. To, if we're heads up, I think you can make a much better case for checking. But there's just a lot of cards that we're going to have to dodge, and we don't know what any of them are. Yeah, that's so true. We define the hands a little bit more. If someone has a monster and they check raise, we can just fold now. We figure we were going to lose that bet on the river anyway. It doesn't like save us any money to like check back unless a terrifying card comes or something like that. I mean, that could happen, right? The Ace of Spades could come. Ravi could bet. And Fabrice could call. And we're like, well... This is hard. Like, how could we ever have the best? No, you got to fold then. Right. So, you know, so I don't know. But besides that, I'm saying, like, if if the Ace of Spades comes, Ravi checks, and Fabrice bets, I don't know. Are we just going to fold when Fabrice bets? After it checks through on the turn? Maybe not. Maybe not. So then we have to call the same amount we're we're probably going to bet now anyway. I'm just saying, like, a lot of the time, we're just going to, like, a seven comes off and somebody bets. Are we just going to fold? Seems unlikely, right? A seven of red comes off on the river it's not always that somebody's gonna bet by the way though no of course not but then it's hard to get value anyway yeah i suppose we, we might we might still get some value but then we can get value on the turn also by the way sometimes not often but sometimes we bet the turn we get one or two callers and we improve on the river and we bet and we get called again and we get to build this big pot like if someone has tripped someone else has a jack which is reasonable someone could have a worse jack and a jack comes on the river we might win a big pot now a bigger I mean, pot yeah. It's not often, I know, or like, but I'm saying, like, or we can hit a queen on the river, and we get to we get to put in another bet on the river, and that's pretty sweet. Okay. I also, mean, we're nominally. Maybe we can just make a th- really thin value bet on the river sometimes if we're heads up. Maybe we can. Maybe that. Maybe getting heads up allows us to do that sometimes, but three ways it's much harder to do that. Just throwing out all these. I things. think I think your best point is the denial of equity still. Oh, absolutely. Because I, I don't think this is an incredible spot for value. It's not an amazing spot for value, but we rate to have the best hand. The pot's reasonable. It's good to deny equity. I mean, All right. I agree with that. So he makes the bet, and yeah. you're, you're 100% on board. I'm like 80% on board. Mm-hmm. All right. So Ravi decides to call, which seems like the right play. He's got the 6-9 of spades on this two-spade board with a 6 on it. It's a good spot for Ravi because he can sit there and think, if I don't improve, I can probably just check-fold the river, and I haven't put in a lot of chips. This is pretty sweet. Right. Like, I'm almost never ahead. I don't have to make a big hero call on the river when Fabrice bets the flop and then Nam bets the turn. Like, it's really hard for me to have the best hand. Right. So I don't think I do. If he check calls and Fabrice folds and Nam bets the river, I think it's just a clear fold unless he improves. Because I agree. Because Nam doesn't really have any bluffs left then. Except maybe four or five. Maybe in good job, Nam, then. Yeah, right. You know, it's like, fine. Who cares? Yeah. We have, we're Ravi. We have a lot of chips. It's okay to lose and be bluffed in this pot anyway if once there's one combo of, not one combo, but one group of hands that beats four, combos. four fives. Okay. Yeah. So it's just not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. Also, if Chad Brown flashes for his pocket force, yeah. Ravi knows it's even less. And, the, and Two he, combos. he did because they're friends. Yeah. Um, all right. So Ravi calls. Now comes Fabrice decision number three or four that is very strange. This would be number three. Number That's strange three. in four, four overall. Again, there's been Fabrice bet the flop. Then he checked the turn. And then Namli bet the turn. And then Ravi called the turn. And Fabrice has ace five of diamonds. And I'll tell you what, it's not a good board for that. Well, what is the board? It's a Jack Six Three Eight board with one diamond on it. So not a lot of equity no. on this board. Okay. So one thing I know we shouldn't do is call. Does he call? 
Nope. Good job, Fabrice. All right, so he didn't choose the worst thing. That would be the worst possible option. But he doesn't fold either. Yeah. So he decides to raise. He raises to 147K because he has uh, mad cow disease or something. I don't know why. <laughs> this is a strange decision. It's a surprising decision for sure. But let's look at it a little bit closer, shall we? Okay. Let's pull out the old magnifying glass and dive deep. All right. Take okay. a dive deep. So Deep dive. Rather than just say this seems awful, which is definitely my first impression. That's my it. first impression, too. Let's see what would be good about it. Because I think we can probably pull out some good things about this. Okay? All right. Let's hear some of them. Okay. So, it's hard for either Ravi or Nam to have a huge hand. Nam can have a huge hand. Nam, could, Nam to have a huge hand would be slow playing the flop, which is possible because it was a pretty dry flop. He could have a set of sixes. He could have Jack-8 suited. He could have Jack-8 suited. Although, I don't know. Is he really going to limp Jack-8 jack suited plus one? I don't know if he is. I think so. I don't think so, actually. I think so. I feel like Jack-9 suited is like the, the bottom of that. I mean, they're six-handed. Yeah, but there's four guys to act after him, including David Williams, who raises a lot. So we're going to call and flop well and bust David Williams. We're Nam Lee. We're going to call. Jack A. Suited's my jam. I'm Nam Lee. <laughs> call my a... favorite type of fish is trout. Also, David Williams being on the button means he's probably more likely to raise than not. My favorite type of fish is trout. <laughs> that just registered for me. Every player is assigned a fish. Well, obviously, everyone has a favorite type of fish. Now, when we say this, by the way, are we saying their favorite type of fish to eat or just... Their favorite type of fish. Well, when we were talking about it with Phil Ivy, clearly we were talking about edible fish because we were discussing the pr- the preparation method of, of, of frying. Yeah, and we also discussed smoked salmon with Ravi. That's true. So that's an edible fish as well. It so is. I believe we're talking about eating fish. It does sound like that. So this is a flavor thing or right. a mouth feel. So thing. yeah, Namli loves a nice a nice trout. Squeeze a little lemon on there. Some rice peel off on the side. Yeah, he's in heaven. He's, yeah, a trout, he's a trout man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's a nice meal. A little lemon. Healthy meal. Yeah, wild rice. Yeah. All right. Yeah, maybe bite. maybe uh, if you're going nuts, get some mashed potatoes with that puppy. <laughs> <laughs> See how that goes. I mean, you'd be a fool not to include some broccoli, but let's get back to the hands. All right. <laughs> okay, so Fabrice makes it 147000 Right. Okay, so the questions are, while it's true that Nam can have really strong hands... He maybe he can have Jack Eight. I don't think he can. You do fine. Um, we'll give him a few. Com- we'll give him two combos of Jack Eight. Well, that's how many there are anyway. We'll give him one combo then. Okay. We'll cut it in half. I think that's generous. But there's only one. Who cares? We give him pocket sixes, pocket trays. That's it, right? So there's yeah. seven combos total of really str- of strong hands, and everything else is one pair. And he kind of has to fold all the one pair hands. I would think he does. So mostly he's going to have one pair of hands, right? Mostly he has a jack. Yeah. If we expect him to always bet his jacks. Then I guess that that's kind of cool. Got some value there. Yeah, I think he's going to bet his jacks a lot of the time because they're always reasonable jacks. You know, they're usually now we have to be sure that he's going to fold to make like with his one pair of hands to make this okay. Part of the thing that makes it a little bit better is because Ravi called on the turn. It looks stronger to raise into two players. It does two opponents rather than one. Right? It does. What do you think about the sizing? Hundred K more. The pot was one hundred and twelve before Nam even bet. He's going to be giving pretty good prices. Well, one of the things I like about the sizing is it sets up a river shove if he gets called in one spot. Yeah. So, if, And we assume if we're Fabrice that probably the place we're going to get called is by um, Nam. Like I would expect we're almost always going to fold out Ravi. Now, knowing Ravi's hand, I know that's not the case. Right. right? But usually I would think Ravi's going to find it really hard to call. Ravi is almost all – Ravi never, almost never has two pair here, right, or yeah. better. So unless he picked up a flush draw or has a straight draw that he decides not to fold, like it's just 
it's fine, right? Yeah. So, so um, yeah, where were we? What are we talking about? What's the question? It's about the value of this race. Oh, the size of it, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think the size is actually pretty good because I like that we're setting up for, not so much for Ravi. Maybe Ravi notices, maybe he doesn't. But we set up for Nam. Nam can see that a shove might be coming. Yeah. Now. Like, it's pretty clear that that's the setup. And Nam has got to be, like, Nam almost always has one pair of hands or hand. Nam basically is probably going to re-raise or fold now, right? So as Fabrice, this is a cheap way to either knock Nam out or, you know, commit Nam. And either way, that's fine. It's a nice leverage moment. I mean, we, we can call it cheap because of the sizing. But certainly we're putting in way more chips than we need to. At this point in the hand, as Fabrice, and I mean, we're decide if we're going to raise, right? No, you're you're making good points actually. That this this raise does have some merit. It's yeah. very hard for either of his opponent to call, right? And they have to have particular hands to call. I mean, obviously that's always the case, but this is representing extreme strength. And the next question would be, what's he repping? That's the that's a really good question. And I think he's almost entirely repping sets of threes and sixes now. I agree. Maybe eights, maybe pocket eights. He could have pocket eights, right? He could have bet the flop with pocket eights. I believe that. And then um, now got there on the turn. That, but, but that's it. Those are the things that he can have. Now, if we jump back to the flop, if we remember, before the turn card came out, he said, you always flop something, sort of in a nom, right? Mm-hmm. And now he's check raising. So now it looks like that was some sort of acting like I was annoyed because I was kind of marginal and weak myself, but I'm not. Yeah. You know, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And it's possible he said that to set up this, to set up at least sometimes a check raise, maybe not always a check raise. Right. That's kind of really cool if, if that actually was happening. I may be giving him too much credit here. You might be. I don't know. So I think this raise actually is kind of cool in some ways. This raise is way better than I thought it was yeah. and way better than the flop bet and way better than the under the gun limit. Yes, yeah, certainly it is. This is this has merit and may even be a pro- this is this is probably a profitable play. It might be. That's kind of cool. What I do we think that. What do we think Ravi has before the raise? Like when we're sitting there and we're for breeze. What are we putting Ravi on? Jack, Jack 10. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully something like that. What else? I mean, what else can we really put him on? Yeah, he's probably going to raise his two pair hands now I when Nam bets. Oh, most of the time, maybe not. Maybe if he has six eight, you know, maybe he doesn't. Right, like you're. That's a game three disaster spot if you raise. Once in a while, Ravi's going to have a strong hand that he can't fold. Yeah, not thinking about the backdoor flush draw, which is coming in. Just like right. two pair hands or a really good jack that he would that because he's you know an amateur, he would be like, of course I can't fold this. Right, whatever. Um. But mostly he's just going to throw his, his cards away, right? Yeah. And so is Nam, mostly. And once, even if you combine their, the, their ranges to like the, str- the strong part of it, still, I think this is a profitable play for only 147000 This feels like a steal at one hundred forty-seven k. Next question. Okay. Do you really think Fabrice would play sets like this? That is a really good question. Would he not question. bet them on this very wet turn card? Um, great question. I would be concerned that he would usually bet his strong hands. Yeah. If I was... He took, um, he took the lead on the flop. Fabrice's coach and yeah. watching this play. Yeah, he took the lead. It's weird to check raise here. But uh, it's not impossible. Like, sometimes people are going to check raise really strong value and play it weird, you know, because they're so strong. But it is really hard to come up with... like. We don't think he has overpairs anymore. No, that seems crazy to check raise an overpair here because we did say Nam has a lot of one pair hands, but he also has a lot of hands that are better than that. Yep. It seems very clear you just continue with an overpair. You yeah. Just bet again. And right. Be fine with it. So 
Maybe, maybe Fabrice actually, when he thinks about like his stack size and the size of the pot, he's like, eh, I can check raise and over pair. The problem is if we check raise to 147K with two kings. Get moved in on. Yeah, and then Nam is like, I'm all in. What are we going to do? We have a pot size bet left. But Nam is not a dummy. He'd never move in with just a jack. Then the best thing we're hoping for is that Nam has ace jack of spades, which is right. top pair with the nut flush. Drop. Cool. There's one combo of that. Yeah. So that's not something. Maybe king jack of spades, you know. Right. But if we have two kings or two yeah. aces, we may even be blocking it. Right. Uh, we, yeah. So maybe not, though. I don't think you would play an over pair like this. I really don't. Right. And it, it seems, seems unlikely he plays a set like this, but maybe he does. That's more plausible than an overpair. I mean, if he doesn't play sets like this, then this is terrible. Right. right. This is horrible. You have to play your sets like this to be able to make this play. Right. Or maybe you don't. You know what? This let's go. This is something we talked about uh, last week, and I don't know when this this podcast is actually coming out anymore. Yeah, it's hard to know these days. The schedule's whack, but. Last week on one of the videos that we released, we talked about sometimes you don't actually have to tell a good story. You just put the pressure on the other person, and it's on them, and they just have to deal with the fact that yeah. the story isn't good, but you still have to fold. It helps to tell a good story, though. It really It's not does. a bad idea to do. It does. Um, I mean, I just... like So let's say you're sitting there as Nam with Queen Jack. Yeah. Let's say we think, I don't think Fabrice really plays sets like this. Yeah. Are we going to call with Queen Jack and Ravi behind us? That's the issue, Ravi behind us. Right. I think we probably fold. I mean, fold folding, anyway. seem, folding seems right. Even though Ravi feels kind of weak himself and is probably going to fold, like usually he's just weak and folding, yeah. right? This, this raise does accomplish what you're saying. He is definitely putting his opponents in a pretty tough spot with the majority of their ranges. Even when Nam may think we don't have it very often, if yeah. he still feels like he has to fold, then this has got to be a good play. Yeah, I guess so. I mean... The question is if it's necessary, I think. I mean, none of this hand is necessary. We didn't have to put ourselves in this spot ever. And we're saying all these things that make a lot of sense about the quality of the raise. And there is a good story being told here if Fabrice plays sets like this. Right. Which is cool. The thing is, now he's repping extremely thin value. Like, there's not that... Not thin value, but, you know, mar- like there's not that many combos of hands that he's really repping. It's really only nine combos, right? I mean, it's nine combos, and we'd have to believe that he's limping those he's he has open to limping those under the gun limp. which is also questionable yeah eights? limping the pairs especially he's, eights, gonna, yeah. he's gonna limp eights i mean maybe he is he limped ace five suited i would never think that would be something he'd be limping either right. i mean i don't i don't know what to do with that so maybe he is limping those pairs he also has to i mean if he has value he also has to know that nam's gonna bet the turn he has to like that's part of kind of goes back to the wouldn't you just bet well the one reason if you're super strong not to bet is when we bet twice, we often fold out a lot of hands. That That's can true. Call. Like, like Nam is going to have to strongly consider folding Queen Jack when we bet again. I actually think Nam will probably call, but we don't know that Nam is that strong anyway. He could be a little bit weaker than that. If Nam had Jack nine, it's harder to call, right? Now that's yeah. sort of like, what is Fabrice supposed to be betting for value that we can beat? Kind of nothing, right? Right. So, eh, I don't know. Like, maybe this is a way to get a lot more value. Actually, is to check and hope Nam bets. And That's think possible. Like, and also think, like, it's not that wet a board. I mean, I know it got a little bit wetter on the turn, but it's not like, oh, my gosh, there's so many terrible cards. There aren't that many bad cards, really, right? Right. And I you mean, think like, oh, let's just get value. And because we know what Nam's hand is, I think that's helping us think this raise is good. Possibly. But I'm still a bit concerned that it's not often enough we're getting folds. We just happen to be against certain hands that are worse than the top of their ranges. 
Well, what's the top? Okay, the top of Nam's range is a set himself, yeah. right? Okay. And he's certainly not folding that. Right. And he can actually have, I guess, he can also have turned a set of eights. Yeah. That's reasonable. So he can have nine combos of sets. Right. And he can have jack nine suited, jack ten suited. Yeah. Maybe off? Probably not off. Queen jack off, clearly. Yeah. I don't know if he can have king jack or not. Maybe he might he have raised ra- that. He might him. raise that. He probably can't have ace jack. No, probably not. And that's it for the jack. So there's more. There's definitely more jacks than there are sets. But, yeah, there's, there's, there's significantly more, I guess, right? If, we, if we're saying he can have all the queen jacks, that's obviously 12 combos right there, right? Yeah. And then um, if he can have jack 10 suited and jack 9 suited and maybe king jack sometimes. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It's not amazing. And then we, the thing is we also have to get Ravi to fold. Yeah, we have to get them both to fold, which so is it, tough. It would work against... I think if we're heads up against that range for Nam, this play is going to work. Although, Nam may be less likely to fold if we're heads yeah, up. So he, then maybe it's not going to work. He might hold on with Queen Jack against the crazy guy. It might just be... This is such a strong play, it, it almost doesn't matter. Like, Nam just has enough jacks and is going to raise his sets on the flop enough of the time. And it's going to raise his pairs pre-flop enough of the time that, like, well, I can't have a set. It's hard for him to have a set, too. Maybe not trays, but the other two, yeah. especially. Maybe. I mean, certainly this raise is better than we initially thought, but I just think it's a really high-variance thing that we don't have to do. It is absolutely high-variance. This is that crazy Fabrice thing, though. Yeah. He does high-variance things, and this is, this is a great example of that. And this is a pretty cool play, and it's probably pretty well thought out. I think it's probably one of the reasons why he was successful for a long time. Even if he puts himself in these bizarre situations, making some, it seems like, very bad decisions, he can extricate himself in ways. Yeah. So, like, we give Phil Ivey credit for this sometimes. Obviously not to this level, Um this Phil Ivy yeah. put himself in this much trouble, and obviously Fabrice probably doesn't extricate himself as well as Phil Ivy no. does. But still, still, ultimately, maybe this is why Fabrice is successful. Maybe this is like the strength of his game, this yeah. part of it. Putting people in tough spots. Putting people in tough spots. So like the other stuff, it's like, yeah, 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 who cares? Right. Now we're, now I know I can put them all in a tough spot. Like if Nam checks, it's going to be hard for Fabrice to win the pot. Yes. Unless certain rivers come. But... When Nam bets and Ravi only calls, suddenly, oh, this is a spot I know. I know I win this a lot if I just race here. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. It is kind of cool. And Nam folds, and that's reasonable for sure. I think he has to. And Ravi has to do something else, though. Ravi has to call. He has to call. But Fabrice is probably going to win if he continues and Ravi doesn't improve. That is true. But the thing is this. From Fabrice's point of view, when Ravi calls... We're not going to put him very often on the backdoor flush draw. No. Right? Um, we're going to put him much more on, like, two-pair type hands or jacks that I've decided not to go anywhere. Right. And I would think more likely it's, like, the six eights of the world yeah. than the ace jacks of the world, right? Yeah. So Fabrice is not very happy, probably, when Ravi calls here. It's not great. It's really tough. So for Fabrice, I guess we could say, all right, he generally has two-pair or a flush draw and maybe once in a while a straight draw, which I'm... And to have I, a flush draw, he has to have had a flopped pair as right, well. Right. That's right. One pair and a flush draw. He can have four five. Yeah. But is he really going to call four five on the turn? I don't know. After I raise, I don't know that he is. He yeah. probably isn't, in fact, unless it's four five of spades, exactly. Yeah. Right. Four five of spades, jack X of spades, and six X of spades are all going to call, though. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so we can have a plan of, well, I guess the thing is, as Fabrice, we have to decide right now are we barreling, what rivers are we barreling, if any? And right. by barreling, it's kind of moving in. I think the majority of the plan was to win on the turn. I agree. And so now that the amateur called, it's like the amateur maybe just isn't going to fold. And I mean, uh, let's, let's take a step back okay. here for a second. 
Is this a mistake once Ravi calls to do this? Does Ravi really have much of a folding range here? I mean, he... Once he calls what? Namli's 47K. I think he does. He never has a lone six anymore without any additional equity. No, now Ravi has a jack a lot. I guess he can have a jack. I mean, if he has like jack seven or something, I think you're supposed to fold when Nam bets here. Absolutely. If he has jack ten, you're supposed to fold. Oh, sorry, when Nam bets. I'm sorry. Um, You're supposed to. I don't know if Ravi is. Well, that's a. It's a good question, but let's let's we're theorizing here. Could could he he could have jack seven of spades? Yeah, that's not going to fold to this raise. (laughs) No, it's not. That's right. So we're talking about his folding range that he calls Nam with. Maybe he's a sticky player and isn't going to fold any jack on the turn for 47,000 because it's actually still pretty cheap for these guys. But he's not sticky enough to call the 100K then? I mean, it's really different, right? It is different. Like checks to Nam, Nam bets in position. Ravi could have the best hand. It's unlikely if he's got like jack seven, but he could. Um, but a check raise in, from both players just feels super strong. You see amateurs do this all the time, right? Yeah. They call and then someone shows a very strong something strong and everyone just throws their hand away right are, away. are we sure Ravi is such an amateur like we're just no. making an assumption here apps because we've never heard of him yeah or seen him before. it's possible he was a pro at the time it is absolutely possible so we can't really make that assumption okay i i the heart of my question is this does ravi have more hands that he folds or hands that he calls with when fabrice does this after calling nam's bet on the turn okay that's a cool question i still think okay my my intuitive answer is he has more hands that he folds than calls with and you think it's just because he makes the mistake of calling with all of his jacks? Right. So I'm still thinking, like, this is because he's an amateur, blah, blah, blah. Maybe even, that's just Even unfair. if he's an amateur, he's not calling with 6-9 of diamonds here, right? It's 6-9 of spades he's calling I with. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this really comes down to what have we seen Ravi do as for Fabrice, yeah. right? What do we know about this guy? If we've seen him just, like, call marginally a lot on the turn then we can make this play. And if we feel like he plays tighter on the turn, then we should probably consider not making this play. Yeah. Even though it'll probably work against Nam. Maybe it's not as fruitful against Ravi now. From a theoretical perspective, and of course this is all dependent on what Ravi's actual level is, I feel like we're not getting enough folds. That's just what I feel like. From I think we're getting a lot of folds from Nam and not enough from Ravi. I mean, do you really think when Nam bets that Ravi's going to fold all his jacks except the good ones? I think yes. I think he's supposed to. Three ways in this in this spot. I mean, I think he's supposed from to. From a theoretical sp- yeah, perspective, yeah. yes. Yeah, I agree with that. Like what what else He is might call betting? king jack, but yeah. and ace jack, but I mean, he might call queen jack too, honestly. Yeah. He might call jack 10. Jack 10 may be like the bottom of it, but okay, even eh. if that's it. That's that's still it's hard. It knocks a lot of the jacks out yeah. and he may have raised with king jack and ace jack. Yeah. Maybe, you know. Ace jack especially. Yeah. So there aren't very many. I'm just worried that Ravi always has a calling hand here. And if that's not always, but like a lot of the time has a calling hand here. And if that's the case, he has a lot of those hands that he might fold to a shove on the river, which is is fine. But then yeah. we have to pretty much decide to shove the river. Okay. So then our plan would have to be if the any of the draws come in, we should probably not shove the river, right? Because then if he called with a draw yeah, or he either called with like, a, a hand that he's not going to fold or a draw. Yeah. So if a draw comes in, we should probably, sorry, on the turn, not yeah. going to fold. If, if the draw comes in, we should probably check it back because it's going to be an insta call for him. Yeah. If we ship it and he's got the draw, I guess he could not, I guess he could have six, eight though. And we could just get him off his draw. I mean, sorry, get him off his two pair a lot 
But the, I guess the idea would be, though, if the draw doesn't come in, then we can fold out draws because we only have ace high, and it's hard for him to have, as you said, a flush draw without a pair. Right. It's um, actually kind of impossible unless it's 4-5. Yeah. Um, well, we are beating the straight draws. Okay, fine. And maybe we can fold out, like, when we shove, if he has a jack that he's not folding, maybe he's folding it now. Like, it's a, hard, it's a much bigger deal. When we shove another, what is it, yeah. 500,000 at it? Oh, well, it's going to be a lot less than that after this race. Oh, is it? oh you're right. For like we starting with 590. Okay, yeah. so like, yeah. Yeah, 400K at it, whatever it is. Um, still, that's like, it's a much different kind of a bet where he may fold. He may not, honestly, for 400K, he may yeah. not. He may if look he, at the price he's getting and say, I'm going to call. He might. Two yeah. to one, baby. He <laughs> Maybe might. you missed your draw. So, but I agree with you that it's not enough to just give up right away. Like you have to have you have to be shipping some rivers here, right? I think this raise might be a mistake simply because of Ravi's range once he calls Nam's bet. Okay, because it's just hard for him to have something he can throw away unless he's very sticky. Yeah, right. And then sticky only at the right time for you. Yeah, not sticky right. for the hundred k. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. Okay, that's an interesting point. Although it is a cool play by Fabrice and it's fun to watch. It's probably just not an advisable thing to do. I just don't know what Ravi's calling Nam with. That's the thing that makes this the whole thing hard to figure out, right? Yeah. If Ravi's calling with a lot of hands, then it we can absolutely things. make this play. And if he's calling very tight on the turn, like I agree, he probably should be. But if he is, then we probably can't make this play. Right. Although I could see you being Fabrice and be like, he's calling tight in quotes, but it's still just a lot of one pair of hands, like jacks or something like that. And I'm going to blow them off it, and that is that. Or one pair in a flush draw that's picked up equity, and I'm going to blow them off it by the river. We just have to have a lot of things come together in order to get ourselves out of this spot now, Don't though. disagree. And again, we didn't have to do any of this. We didn't. We didn't have to limp. We, we didn't sure. have to limp. We didn't have to bet the flop. Betting the flop was weird. We could have check-folded the flop because Nam was going to bet. I think betting the flop is probably the worst decision he made. I agree. The betting the flop is indefensible. Yeah. All right, but now here we are, right? We've yes. done this. We've made it 147K. Okay. We're Fabrice Crazy Eyes loving what fish does he love? I don't know if we've discussed that yet. It's obviously sardines. Sardines? Yeah, he's from France. I don't think French people like sardines. Oh, that was racist and regionalist at the same time. Which race was I racist against? Sardines? Oh, I see. Yeah. Wow, you didn't even know that. It, that's, no, you're right. You're that's right. even more racist. It is. It is because it's so like so guttural and true that I didn't even acknowledge exactly. the sardine's existence for that moment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Fabrice, the sardine lover, now ends up heads up against Ravi, the smoked salmon lover. Yeah. All right. So I've been thinking about it for a while, and I think Ravi makes a big mistake on the river. Okay, so let's talk about the river as. Yeah, I just want to preface. Oh, it with that's that. cool. Um, so, so Ravi calls, as we think, is really his only option at this point yeah. when Fabrice raises ha- after Nam folds. The pot is 453000 and as you had mentioned earlier, Fabrice is somewhere around four hundred k now. So he's set it up to like moving on the river. The river is a ten of spades. Yeah, Ravi gets there. Ravi checks, and Fabrice snap checks. Yes. Gives up right snap. away. Snap. I want yes. to talk about Ravi's decision first. Clearly. I think I, it's bad. Clearly you think he makes a big mistake on the river. I think it's a big mistake. Okay, so let's talk about why. Because... The, although I had a lot of problems with Solier's raise, I did come around to a lot of it being cool. Yeah. I think he's do, doing a reasonable job repping value sometimes. Sure. If he has a set, this is a terrible card for him. It is. We need to move in ourselves to ensure value from the sets. We don't have to even move in. We could just yeah. bet. 
you know, maybe maybe the sets will be make an above the rim fold, but that seems unlikely. We could bet one hundred eighty thousand. Yeah, you know, we don't have to bet huge. We give it a hundred thousand. We need to bet something. I think a lot of Fabrice's strong value is going to check back now, and that's that's what I'm worried about. I agree. Like Fabrice is not going to put his whole tournament on the line with strong value that isn't a flush, right? And if he has a flush, we're getting it all in. There's no avoiding it because he's got a pot size bet. It isn't like we're so deep yeah. that we have to. We can be bluffed off the hand, or it no, nothing matters. We're getting it in if he has a flush. If he has us, he has us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess if we bet, it does put us in a tricky spot if we bet 180k and he moves in for 400. Like we're not supposed to be beating him then, but we're not going to fold. Probably not, but we're really not supposed to be beating him. Um. We are not supposed to be beating him. I agree. But it's we're going to call it's, anyway. It's weird for to consider that Fabrice could ever have a flush, though, the way he played the hand. Because, because he, he bet the flop. He bet the flop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he could just have the naked ace of spades and be making a play. Seems unlikely. But I think, I think we just have to protect against that, by against the crazy guy especially, by never folding our flush. Yeah, I point. agree. So do you think I'm right here? Because it was in the back of my mind that I didn't fully form this idea. Do you think I'm right that Ravi made a mistake by checking, or do you prefer a check? I mean, the only reason why we should be checking here is that Fabrice was somehow bluffing on the turn, which it turns out he was. He was somehow, but... But if he was bluffing, it's possible then he would decide to rep the spades and get us off a two-pair hand. It's hard to rep spades as Fabrice. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But I'm saying, but, like, that's it. Um, any value that he has, which normally we'd have to assume he has real value here. Like, we're check-folding the river if we don't improve, right? Yeah. And Fabrice is just going to get to win if he decides right. to take a shot at the river, whatever he has, and which is going to, as it turns out, the second-best hand. Um, we just, I, I mean, I think we have to bet because that strong value, it's going to be hard. It's going to hate its life, but it's going to call sometimes. And a set... I just don't believe a set is going to bet for value. Maybe you'd bet very small for value. Maybe, but it's not going to bet as much as we bet. Right. And even if we bet small, like if we bet 100K. That's very okay, small. That's very small. It's, but it's, it's a quarter of his remaining stack, right? Yeah. Because uh, there's 400K in the pot? 453. Four, oh, wow. That is small. Okay. We bet, 100 and, we bet 150K. Okay. Okay. So we bet basically the same amount as the raise last time. He may find a fold. He may call. I don't know what he's going to do. But we at least give ourselves a chance to win that because I don't know that he would even bet 150K on the river with a set because he'd be sort of committing himself, right? Like, yeah. How would he do that? He might bet tiny, like 65,000 or something for value, try and get a tiny bit of squeeze, a tiny, tiny bit of value out of us. Maybe. But I doubt he'd bet huge. I so think I agree if, with you. You know, I'm, I'm th- as far as sizing is concerned, I think if we're going to bet as Ravi, we have to bet bigger than that. I okay. think that has to, in order to make betting better than checking, I think we have to do that because a, a lot of the value is that when Fabrice decides to bet his sets, we want to bet bigger than that would be. I hear you, but I'm just concerned that it's so hard to get called by a set here. Yeah. If we're Ravi, let's pretend we're an, an amateur like we think he is anyway. Yeah. When he calls the turn raise and then bets on the third spade, I mean,. It does look strong. You're, you're Fabrice. I mean, you might just fold your set, right? I mean, I might just fold my set. I would strongly, strong. I think I'd lean towards folding. So is there probably no, fold? Is there no real way to get value from a good hand? Then this is this is a real problem, right? Yeah. Um, if there's no way, then we need to bet because it gives him a chance to make a mistake, right? Right. Um, but maybe maybe the move is to check if we think he's mostly if he's got a lot of bluffs there, then he may feel like obligated to continue bluffing when the spade comes in. 
even though I agree with how you. How does he know. have a lot of bluffs, though? It's so weird. I don't know how he has a lot of bluffs. I mean, turns out he does, right? Yeah. Turns out he has a bluff there, but it's hard for him to have a bluff. But my question is, if Ravi were to bet here, what bluffs does he have? Four it's, five? Yeah, which, that's it. He's got four five. Which he'd have to play like this. I don't know if he's. I don't know that he's even going to call the race. Right. No, I agree. I agree that if he bets, it looks pretty much like a flush. It's kind of always a flush, and it ain't limit hold'em where you're getting eighteen to one on the river or anything. You know, it's it's like a real thing, and it costs Fabrice a lot of his staff. So it feels like both. You know, I'm coming around that checking might be okay because it feels like both options kind of suck. Both it's, options. It's really hard to get value either way. I think I'd give the crazy guy a chance to blast off. I think checking is better because of that. You if think so? If he's the crazy guy. Because I don't know how we get value otherwise. That's fair. If we were deeper, we could bet here and get called more often, right? If we have an image where we're a little bit bluffy and crazy too and we suddenly donk out and don't have it, then absolutely we should be betting here. But if we don't have that image and we're an amateur who's going to have it a lot and stuff like that, I just don't think we should bet because... In fact, if we check, the set may bet for value because it's like, well, he would have bet a flush. Yeah, that's possible. That's and, possible. And also, then the bluffs are like, we, I can go for it because he would have bet a flush. Maybe. Give him a chance kind of a thing. Well, here's the thing that yeah. is an anti-check. Yeah. Fabrice snap checks back so, with a bluff. So quickly checks back. He's done. So that's a problem for the checking strategy for Ravi, obviously. I, agree. I mean, now that we see that, sure. But um, Also, we're saying Fabrice might fold a set. It's really hard to actually apply that, to actually fold a set. And, you, and if you're playing your A game and you really figure it out, Sure, folding a set makes plenty of sense. It's a lot harder in the moment to actually fold a set. Well, the one good thing about uh, Ravi betting out here is if he, if he bets small enough, he could actually rep, rep a hand worse than a set sometimes, where he could be betting two pair and trying to get a little value out of that, even though he has the flush. So if he bets 130000 or something on the maybe. river, then the set may feel obligated to call because maybe it's a blocking bet. That's true. So maybe that's an argument for the smaller sizing that makes sense because if sets aren't going to bet all the time but are mostly going to call the smaller bet just in case it's a blocking bet, then maybe that makes the small bet the best play. This is the time to rep the blocking bet. I think this is exactly the time to do it. We actually have a much better hand than a blocking bet. Right. But this is a perfect time to rep a blocking bet and get called by value, which would check back and fall to bigger value. Yep. And be like, oh, yeah, I can now his range is wider. I can call. We lose the value of the bluffs. Unless the bluffs decide to shove over the blocking bet well, we're because it call. looks like a blocking right bet. Right, and we get to call. Yeah. So that's pretty So there sweet. is some extra value there, but usually the bluffs are just going to fold. With, yeah, because he only has 400K. He has yeah. very little fold equity, although it does look strong. We're yeah. probably going to take a moment before we call with our flush, right? We're going to be like, okay, I just, I'm here, and I got myself in this spot, and if he has me, he has me, but I hope he doesn't. I don't know. It. It's kind of a cool spot to bluff if Robbie bets 130K. Now, right. We think he shouldn't fold the nine high flush if he's repping a blocking bet. And but I mean, this is all very complex, of course. Yeah. But he doesn't really have nut flushes in his range too often. Ravi. Yeah. Because how did he get here? Yeah, he has to have a six of spades specifically, pretty much. Maybe because it was the three of spades on the flop, right? He he could sometimes have ace jack. I guess, spades, but it's not super likely, right? And even then, there's only two combos of it. Yeah. So whatever, it's nothing that's going to be very likely. That's that's a really good point. And Fabrice could have those. If he, he decides more. to Fabrice, I mean, I mean, you're not really supposed to check flop. You're not really supposed to check raise with ace jack of spades on the turn. I think that's a pretty clear call. Um, I Fabrice. agree, but a lot of people advocate for that sometimes. That yeah. whole like thing. But I feel like we have great showdown value. We have a very strong hand that may even improve. Yeah. The only reason to check raise is to try and get more value out of spades. That you know, mm-hmm. whether if it doesn't come in, right. 
that's it. Or get, or even if it does come in, get like the full value instead of like a nice value. But that's like, I don't think we have to worry too much about that. Either way, let's stop talking about Ravi's decision for a second. Okay. Talk about Fabrice's decision to yeah. just entirely give up, which was the right decision at the time. This is really interesting. Yeah. So why do you think he does that? Do you think it's because he thinks once Ravi overcalls, he has a lot of those six X and Jack X of spade hands? I think so. And maybe he's also seen Ravi like once he gets stubborn, like just just dig in. Yeah. That would be my guess too. Because Fabrice, the way he checks, he's just sort of like, uh, you know, like I have no interest. Like do you, I don't, he doesn't pretend to think about it. He's just think, like completely done. Do you think it's because of the spade, or do you think he was done on the turn? That's the question I have. He checks so quickly. I actually feel like he's done on the turn. That's bad. Then if I he's agree. gonna make this raise on the turn and he's done on the turn, if he gets called, that's very bad. Agreed. But we don't know if that's true. Also, the way they edit these things, it's possible he didn't check as quickly as it looks like. It seems like he checks instantly. I don't know. That, that would be like an intentional edit to make it look quick. I agree. They never do that. Actually. Yeah. They would have had him like think for a second. Yeah. You're right. So maybe he's just sitting there thinking, if it's a spade, I'm not going to bomb it. Yeah. But I'm going to bomb some other stuff. I guess. And uh, if that's true, that's fine. Yeah, I guess so. Because the other stuff, like there's enough spades... I mean, there aren't very many spades in Ravi's range either, though. There really aren't. Ravi has to have a pair and a spade draw on the flop. I mean, That's true. spades aren't going to come in very often. Right. But I guess what two pair do Ravi, does Ravi have? He has a very thin range of hands now that he's called. He does have... He has some decent two pair. He has 6-8 for sure. 6-8, 6-3. He's in the big blind. He called... Yeah, he called with the 6. Okay, he can have 8-3. Um, That's it? Yeah. Do we think... Could he ever have Jack eight and just have called on the turn? It's possible, possible, but unlikely, right? Yeah, unlikely. Maybe also, maybe Fabrice has seen, yeah, Ravi just like make hero calls on the river once, maybe. you know, and he's just like, I'm not going to try and bluff this guy now. Like I, I tried, guess. but now I'm now that now that he's shown more strength, he's defined his hand to a much much thinner range of either spade draws or two pair plus essentially, or a super sticky Jack. Like my image isn't good enough. To try and pull this off. All right, so maybe. let's let's come to a verdict here before okay. we wrap up. Is, yeah. this, is this a good give up or not by Fabrice? I'm not sure that it is. I think it's a bad give up. I think he's supposed to go and go for it because here. the price he laid on the turn and Ravi's range on the turn once he calls Nam's bet. Because I think Ravi has a lot more combos of two pair than Spade draws on the turn, but Ravi might have raised his two pair on the yeah, turn. Yeah, he this might is have. The problem. So if that's the case, then maybe I'm wrong. So then maybe I'm wrong. And then maybe there's a lot more spades. Spades play it like this, right? Spades have a pair and then play it like this. It also could be... 5-7 of spades, maybe? Flopped a gutter, decides to call, maybe. picks up a flush draw? Yeah. He, could have, like he could have some spades. I think it's an okay give up. And there also might be... If Ravi is, in fact, an amateur, there could definitely be some reading going on here from Fabrice. Yes. Like, where Ravi gets there and he checks a certain way and Fabrice knows, you know? That type of thing. That would make sense too. Maybe Fabrice, maybe sometimes Ravi, like, is, yeah, he checks like in five seconds every time in the same way. And this time yeah. he thinks for 20 seconds and he gives a thoughtful check. And Fabrice is like, forget yeah. it. Yeah. Like, he Chris Belled it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Something's up here. Or the other, or the opposite. Actually, it's usually the opposite. Was yeah. What I just said. It's like the super quick, like, I don't care check. And it's like, come on. Right. Yeah. Like, you always have it, right? When you do that. 
<laughs> Either way, it was a good decision to give up by Fabrice. Hate his pre-flop limp. Hate. Hate his flop bet. Hate more. Think his turn raise is creative but unnecessary. I think we could say his pre uh, sorry, his flop bet with Ace Five suited is actually a hate crime. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. <laughs> uh, would you agree? Turn raise creative but unnecessary. Is that a good way to? I think that's about right. It's yeah. unclear. What, I think it's profitable. It's probably a good play. It's close, and I don't know why we're doing it. It's very risky. Very risky. Yeah, and then this give up seems okay. It's at least, yeah, based on everything, it's the, the thing that's interesting is the turn and river spots for Fabrice are much closer than I would have guessed. Yeah. Like, I am not 100% sure about these, and I would have thought they would have been very clear right. once we broke it all down. Yeah. It's cool. It's nice to be close. I like it when they're close. I just don't like that if he gets called by Ravi that he then, if this is his strategy, then he has to give up on the river a lot of the time. I mean, then then it makes the whole play feel just a little bit too whimsical or yeah. something. Yeah, I hear that. But wouldn't you think if you were Fabrice that most of the time the person who's calling you is Nam and not Ravi if someone was going to call? Like, I don't know. All once... Ravi did was check call the flop and check call the turn. I mean, he doesn't have to have a very strong hand. But might we, have we, went, hand. We, went, we went through this. I know, but th- there was assumptions with that too, which is he's good enough to know he's supposed to fold bad jacks. And I don't know if that's true. Right, but you're making an assumption the other way then. Right. So well, I'm saying I don't know if that's true. Yeah. You're saying I don't know if it's true either. Right, I'm, but you're but you're you're but that factors that assumption factors into everything you're saying right now about all we have is theory, right? If we don't know anything else. So. Okay, so I'm saying I think we should be open to the other side of it more. Like, okay, that as far as we know, he's an amateur. We could look this up. So by if the way. okay, well then we have to. This is a long podcast. Yeah, we have to go a little further with it. Then if we make the assumption that he's an amateur and he calls with the bad jacks, we yes. have to follow through on the river because he has too many hands he's folding right. for us not to having made that play on the turn. Agreed. Agreed. Unless we get a clear tell from him. Right. I think that's absolutely right. Okay. I think we should be done because this is our longest breakdown of all time. Yeah, we really went into yeah, it. Yeah, we're at an hour, 12 minutes now. Holy it's like a sport. Moly. It's like a sportnado over here. This is crazy. Yeah. I think the longest one before this was like 105, and usually yeah. they're like 51 was like a normal longish one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, well, good for us. Congratulations for making it through if you did. So I guess, James Kimball, you got us with the longest breakdown of all time. You really gave us something to think about. Yeah. It's cool. Thank you. And thank you, Fabrice Solier, for playing weird and being French. All right. We'll see you next time. <laughs>